Hi, uh, this is the second edition of the Free City Radio podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's March 30th in Montreal, and this second show is going to address uh, this uh, year, 2020, and what has come forward as being a historic moment, which is, of course, the COVID-19 crisis, the pandemic that's touching the world. This has, of course, impacted Montreal. There's been significant changes to public life, to economic life, and to our society. Um, The state has introduced a series of measures to uh, basically uh, struggle um, to contain this virus. Uh, This has meant that bars, restaurants, cafes are closed, which means a lot of people are out of work. Uh, sporting games have been shut down. This is very similar to a lot of measures that have been taking place around the world. But in Montreal, like many other places, there are some significant uh, shortcomings to the ways that um, those in power have been dealing with this context of pandemic, this crisis. Particularly the homeless community, uh, people who are struggling with poverty, um, just today, uh, I was with some of my co-workers from Casa del Popolo and we were downtown um, to support the Resilience Centre, which is just outside of Atwater Metro in Montreal. This is where um, every day, um, this is basically a day drop-in centre. People come for meals, to plug their phones, to check emails, to make phone calls, uh, to warm up, uh, to get supplies. Uh, you can get clothing there. Um, it's basically like a support center for people who are living um, on the streets or um, struggling with holding down an address. So it's a really important space, Resilience Montreal. But in fact, um, this crisis has meant that although the city of Montreal has made some gestures towards addressing what the COVID-19 crisis has meant for people on the streets, a lot of people still are falling through, falling through the cracks. So at Atwater uh, Metro today, just outside in the park, it's called uh, Cabot Square, um, there's a bunch of tents set up and uh, Resilience Montreal is doing food servings outside, but also, you know, giving out cigarettes to people and it's also a place for people to gather. People can get clothes. Um, it's a really serious situation. and. You know, of course, a lot of the people around Atwater Metro in Montreal, if you're from Montreal, you know this, but also for people from outside, a lot of indigenous people um, gather around Atwater Metro. And this is really like an important urban and social space for uh, the indigenous community who is struggling with poverty. Yeah, and of course, being there today made me think really Uh, profoundly about the situation of people who are still working during the context of COVID-19 because you know there's a lot of discussion people online on social media talking about how hard it has been to be in isolation to be removed to have to stay inside and of course like there are very serious um, things to think about in that regard Um, it is a huge change for our society and it brings out a lot of issues. But I did want to spend today to try to highlight the voices of people who have continued to work and continue to serve the community. Um, So over the last week, I've been going around um, and speaking with different people at a safe distance, 
um, about their experiences working during this pandemic in Montreal. So first, I wanted to highlight the voices of Ikram and Faiza, who are two workers that I spoke with at the Pharmaprix on Saint-Denis, um, just uh, south of Jean Talon. Um, so I, I spoke to them about how it's been to be working during this time and also the importance of social solidarity. They're showing up for work. This is, of course, a service industry job that is not very well compensated. But this is also a place where a lot of people are coming for essential supplies, medicine, and um, I thought it would be important to hear their voices and, and, and their experiences. So I'm at a pharmacy on Saint-Denis uh, with Faiza and Ikram, who are working right now in the, this pandemic and COVID-19 context. Um, there's like security procedures and you also have like a glass window, but, but you're still working, right? And yeah. so I want to know how are you feeling about like continuing to work and like how, how, does it, how does it treat you? Are you nervous? How are people responding to you? So first of all, uh, it's been a week. So this it's happening. It has there's like a lot of things we do to prevent this epidemic, uh, and uh, yeah, there's like um, a lot of how to say in the English uh, yeah. instructions. Yeah, of course. So to be safe. Yeah. And we somehow like like there's like a lot somehow stress yeah. because it's in contact with people and all that so uh, so I mean does that yeah. does that make you nervous I guess all the workers you're trying to support each other right yeah now. yeah we also we are like to support each other to like to work together and like to be like predictable protective I think yeah, sure. the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the word and yeah about the people like it's the kind of people because they somehow it's so respectful and all that and they somehow people it's nervous because sometimes they want to like buy a lot of things and they are so nervous yeah. and we uh, we have like limits yeah of course. to stuff the necessary stuff like and that essential item. Yeah, that is essential. You try items. to encourage people to just get yeah. what they need. Yeah, yeah. so I, for example, we have like the limits, so all the people can get the, the essential uh, things. Uh, but there's like some people they they won't like understand uh, the situation, and we try to uh, co-work together to to make this like more easier for all of us. And yeah, so I'm not gonna like generalize. But when people come to a pharmacy, they're also, they're coming for themselves, but they're also part of a community, right? So yeah. you're working here, but you also have your family. Yeah and you have to take precaution for your family and so like i was wondering like can you talk about why it's important for to re to remember that everybody who's working now also has their own experience yeah. and their own family yeah so it's yeah so right now we're working here so uh we have like our lives we have like our families yeah <laughs> yeah so we try to be like uh we work we have like a lot like to open in the morning and to like the, the evening 
for all the people, yeah. but sometimes, uh, yeah, like as I, I said, there is like some people like then like understand we have like human being, so just like we have like robots. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, so it's so, important for people yeah, to be yeah, respectful. To, to be respectful, yeah. yeah. I already like uh, I think there is in a case in uni uh, uni pre uh, like family pre, there is like no respect for their the workers. And uh, it's really important to be like, mm -hmm. the respect is to be like, how to say, it's for like both sides. Mm -hmm. For us, like as a worker with like, with the, 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 the people in the community and also there, they like should have like the same thing yep. to us. It's reversible. And yep. yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. So, and I hope it will be like ending like all like it's, like no more tragedy Chalo. I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's it so uh, just like um, to people to be like more um, how to say it prudent I'd say yeah, like more cautious. like uh, yeah mm -hmm. and uh, yeah just like to to get to have like the idea so we live together so we should like uh, help together to to survive yeah <laughs> so yeah that's it yeah yeah, yeah. And a lot of people too, right? Like they're living this crisis in Montreal, but maybe their family are other places too. So like you're like living the experience here, but also maybe have family somewhere else. Yeah. So how does that feel? Like because checking the news for somewhere else, but also wondering about here. How does that feel? So yeah, uh, to be here and you have like family in the other country, like in the other place in the world, it's been like somehow like disturbing. Because you already like somehow you forget about yourself, like because you think about your family more than yourself. Yeah. Uh, like here, uh, there's like uh, this instruction. It's real. Like they they did it like before. We have like a lot of cases and all that. So it's a good thing. Uh, there's like some countries they just like let spread the, the virus, and it's like it's not like. Uh, the orders there's like no more there's like no orders to be like more to prevent yeah. to have like a yeah. lot of cases uh, in the future so yeah so sometimes somehow hard to live here and you have like family like living far from you uh, far from you and yeah but we still have like hope <laughs> yeah yeah so we gotta like pass it and yeah. uh, everything will be like returning normal. Yeah, yeah sure. normal thing. So yeah. thank you for speaking with me, it's Faisal. Yeah, thank, Faisal. You. thank you and yeah. thank you for you also. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for sure. Thank you. Um, what do you like to say a few things? Yeah. Hi Ikram, nice to meet you. So nice meet you. How, how do you feel about working here? Like you're at the pharmacy, you're also dealing with a lot of people face to face. Yeah. How, how do you feel like working every day? How's it going for you? Um, actually, it's uh, like before. Okay. Uh, because um, every day or every um, like hours, we, uh, we clean the, um, the surfaces, surfaces and um, we um, wear gloves. Yes. So we are protected. So it's okay. We have um, to uh, 
Yeah. To keep positive. Yeah, of course. Stay, stay. To stay positive yes, and to uh, share this positivity with others' uh, clients. Yeah. Um, and so, the import. How? Why is it important that people treat the workers here respectfully? Okay. Um, some people's. Um, don't respect the, don't respect us, but the majority, uh, it's okay. They respect us, and uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The majority but is uh, respectful. Our objective is to um, to uh, to get service to uh, clients. Yeah, sure. So I don't, uh, I don't like um, the salary is not very important for me. Okay, so it's okay. you're here. Yeah. For yeah. Uh, supporting. Yeah. Also, the um, most important is the service. Yes. And also, last question. I mean, you're experiencing this crisis here, but you're also wondering about your family. Yeah. And like, how is that like living between two places? Yeah, it's it's very difficult. But um, like, um, I speak with my with my family every day, and I uh, like um, I tell them to uh, to. Uh, to keep to stay at uh, home and uh, to uh, stay safe, mm -hmm. and uh, it's okay. It will be okay. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Ikram. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was Ikram and Faiza from uh, Pharmapri speaking about their experiences working uh, during this context of COVID-19. Um, Beyond pharmacies, another sector that has been open is, of course. Um, grocery stores and bakeries. Uh, of course, people need to buy food. Um, there's a lot of different, um, uh, of course, in Montreal, which is an international city, so many different communities. There's a lot of different uh, smaller grocery stores that are following protocol and being very careful in this context, but do serve the needs of different communities and, you know, like different food needs, uh, specific types of groceries for different cooking from different parts of the world. And so I wanted to speak with uh, somebody who works at a grocery store, uh, Boucherie, that I really like, which is called uh, Boucherie El Khair, which is on Jean Talon, uh, just close to the metro, uh, Jean Talon Street in Montreal. So I spoke with Soraya, uh, who works at the cash, uh, and she shared her perspective on what it means to be working at this time, but also her feelings about society and how it's impacted uh, us so far. Here? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So I'm at uh, Boucherie Kher on Jean Talon. And uh, as you can hear, the, uh, this place is still open. People are here buying groceries. Um, I'm with Soraya, who yeah. works here. And um, you're working at this time. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about how it is to stay at home. But you're you're here um, uh, uh, providing food, and a lot of people are still coming. How's it feeling for you to be working right now? Um, it's great because we want to be able to serve people and make sure they have they don't die from anything else than <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah. So basically, uh, we're providing food, but also we're providing kind of a, a safe zone for people when they come in. They're happy to still see us. It's kind of... Uh, like on an emotional... Yeah, emotionally it's, it's good. So we're trying hard to be as uh, nice and patient as possible. Uh, it is interesting though because there's a lot of people coming every day. So on this side, I'm a bit worried 
because uh, people are not really following the instructions of buying like buying a lot and then coming in two weeks or three days but not every day um, but overall I'll say I'm glad to be here a little bit nervous sometimes because yeah. there's a lot of people coming we're trying to respect all the distance and the instruction for government but it, it's not easy to stop and push back people sometimes but besides that I think we're doing the best we can and it's we're still happy to be here it's a job we choose so we're happy to serve people yeah um, how is it like the, I'm sure like people are stressed like a lot of people coming by are feeling nervous yeah. you know and as you said you're trying to be like supportive but like also for people to think about those who are serving like when people are going to shops right now there's an extra stress for you as workers so I, I was just wondering if you could talk about why it's important for people to consider the situation of people who are working in grocery stores or food delivery or many other services well it's basically everybody that is still working right now that is not that doesn't have to stay at home uh, it's important to consider because when you come when you go out and touch everything and and you don't you don't pay attention to these people when I go home I have to wash my clothes every night I basically undress at the door and wash everything and we have to do the same thing in the store and everybody has to do that but we're still scared that not necessarily for us but are we contract have we contracted it are we uh, sharing it so also that's the most concern yeah. yeah that's the most concern so that's when they ask people to stay home please stay home because we're still here to, to serve you and we're happy to, but it's important that you respect uh, the rules so we can still do it and we're, we're keeping everybody safe. We're trying, so please help by staying at home. It's not too much to ask. I mean, you can enjoy yourself at home. There's plenty of things to do. And uh, that's also a kind of respect for us because we're here. I rather be home sometimes because it's, it's really? still, yeah, because yeah. sometimes you're still nervous, you know, there's a lot yeah. of people, especially the first days, there was like 300 people buying for coming in and out and it was a lot of people, wow. so we're, we were really stressed. So you've been really busy? For the first weeks before yeah. all the, the rules came down, yeah. it was really scary and busy. Wow. And uh, so now people are more understanding and uh, the, the consequences and the rules to follow, but it's I'm, I'm happy and I think everybody who does this job is kind of happy because we're helping and we're happy to do that but we're still humans we have families so please stay home and then we're gonna do the best we can to serve you and keep everybody safe basically and I guess a lot of people who work here at Bouchereger are living the crisis in two places they're yeah. living the crisis um, in Montreal with their families at work I mean in one city but also a lot of people have families other places yeah. So, like in different countries. So, I guess you have a lot of conversations here about, you know, what's happening in Morocco, what's happening in Tunisia, what's happening in, in France. France. What's happening everywhere. Yeah. It's the same conversation that we have here. We're not me personally, because I can't stand the numbers, but the, the guys around are often uh, sharing the numbers of contamination or that in different countries and the new measures that have been taken by different countries. Um, so, it's a concern because. That's a, the sad part is that it's touching every part, everybody in the world. The good part is that it's touching everybody in the world. So we are all kind of united in this. And we are kind of all living the same struggle. And it's, it's sad because it's touching everybody. But it's, for once, we're all in it together. So it's interesting that the different countries are helping, like sending doctors and everything. We see that. And we, so we talk about it often, but we're trying to 
we're su super trying to put good music and keeping a good vibe inside because that's how we keep the, the spirit up. So I guess last question. So you think it's interesting that people are acting in solidarity all over the world? Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice and it's it's about time we kind of do it. So I'm not saying what happening what's happening is a good thing, but no. it's definitely not. But it has some good point that we're we're kind of reminded that we're not untouchable. We're not, you know, you have to take care of your neighbor, your parents. I think a lot of people are are taking more care of their parents right now and neighbors and community than they were before because they have no choice. Right we have to be here for one another. So right on. on that part, it's a, a, if there's a good thing coming out of this, it would be that, keeping people, uh, a, a feeling of, of solidarity and keeping people together and caring about each other more. And on the other side, well, we have to do our best to, to, to make our part. Like today, it's really sunny outside and I've seen plenty of people walking around in the parks and the market. And I understand, but we have to keep safe distance and safe rules to make sure that we go through as much as we can, you know? So, that's it. Soraya, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. That was Soraya from the Boucherie El Khair on Jean Talon Street here in Montreal. And she was speaking about her experience, of course, during this context of COVID-19. And today's broadcast is really attempting to highlight service and industry workers who've been continuing to work on the front lines in this context. Um, I think it's really interesting to hear these voices. Of course, it's so essential and so amazing and so important to applaud, celebrate, and support the work of healthcare workers on the front lines, um, doctors, nurses, um, but also all the staff at hospitals, janitors, cleaners, cooks, um, administrative workers. And this is so important. And I'm really heartened to see the ways that people in cities around the world have been celebrating the work of people on the medical front line of this um, context of pandemic. Even in Vancouver, I saw that people have been gathering uh, daily on their balconies to make noise uh, with pots and pans and to celebrate and cheer on medical workers. I think that's really inspiring. But again, as mentioned on this broadcast of Free City Radio on this podcast, I'm focusing on the voices of uh, other types of frontline workers that haven't been as much in the news um, and I think are important to consider. So I also spoke with Vaso uh, who works at a really awesome Greek bakery in the Park Extension District of Montreal. And she talks about her experience living and working during this time. Uh, the bakery is called Piccadilly, and it's not far from Park Metro. So I'm here with Vaso at the bakery in Park Extension, which is Piccadilly. Uh, and you have staying open. There's a lot of very fresh and beautiful looking bread and, and uh, desserts. How has it been for you to work at this time? I mean, obviously, we're in Park Extension. There's a big Greek community. A lot of people oh, yeah. like to come here for their uh, dishes. How has it been going? Well, for me personally, I, I feel like I'm a bit stressed more than I was before. Yeah. Like, uh, I understand the stress that people are feeling when they come here. You know, they want to have the two meters distance mm -hmm. and protection gloves, all this. But to be honest, for me, me, I'm okay. I feel okay. I, I feel just a bit stressed because I see people panicking and doing stupid things. 
but otherwise I think that it's the same because people they have to go and buy at least food, breads, like those kind of things. So they have to go out at, at least for that. Mm -hmm. But for the rest, no, I don't agree. Like to go in the park and have a walk, no. Mm -hmm. It's something serious. So we have to be careful with that, all of us. Sure, sure. So for you, like, uh, uh, you see people coming here, um, like you've, you've decided to keep working like despite the mm -hmm. situation I mean some people are scared right so like what do you say about that why did you say okay no it's good to keep working it's good to continue well, I, we have to keep working otherwise how people is going they are going to to buy their, sure. the first things you know to eat like bread what can I have one bag like that yes yeah, sure this that thank, thank you. you sir bye 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 so yeah, I think that uh, everybody that is working in these kind of jobs, like bakeries or let's say big markets, Provigo, Walmart, all this, we have to keep our patience and be like concentrated with that to make to understand that people they are in panic and to make them feel that well, it is serious, but it's not that much. You yeah. understand what I mean? To sort of try to be calm. Yeah, because if we panic as well, like the world will be, we're gonna start a war between us we will start fighting and this is not what at least what I don't like so of course yeah course. we have to, to stay calm that's it um, so I guess and you're me, I feel very proud for people that they still work like me right now and many people my boss my colleagues everybody that is working now in this bad situation and they really they're doing their best yeah talk and more about that yeah. oh no no this is what I see and I, I have many friends that work the same uh, position yeah as me and they, they are like me. They try to stay calm yeah. and be first of all human and not be rude to other people and yeah. they come closer to us and you know all this this is crazy, this is stupid, so we have to be all calm and stay strong all together as humanity. You understand? Yes, yes. This is my point. Just that. Well in a way a lot of people are saying this is very difficult situation, but it's helping people see our common humanity. Between all the countries. It's helping see that we need to understand that yeah. we're all affected. Well, we are all, for sure, that every country has its own rule and laws, you know, to protect and provide all this, you know, the, the situation, the bad with the virus. In here, in Canada, I can see that there are many um, serious uh, laws, let's say, I'm sorry for that. But in Greece, I think they are uh, more strict, as okay. I told you before. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're sort of living this between two places. You're living this in Montreal, where you're working, where you're living, yeah. but your family's there. So, I, I guess every day you're thinking about what's happening in Canada, but well, also what's happening in Greece. Well, the first thing I, I check every single morning, to yeah. be honest, it's I, I check every day, every single morning before I, I come here to work, how many people are infected in Greece after how many people are infected in Canada. So, I so have, yeah. you know, to, mm. to see if the number is increasing or no. And... Of course, how are my, my family, my, my friends, course, my people course. there, my people here. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's hard, but we can make it. Thank you, Vaso. Thank you. That's uh, Vaso from the Piccadilly Bakery and Park Extension, which is a Greek bakery and really is an important place for the Greek community that remains in Park X. And also, of course, many other people go to it. And um, that's really what this broadcast has been focusing on is the experiences of um, different frontline workers. And that's what I wanted to highlight today on Free City Radio. So to change mood a little bit, I wanted to go to um, 
a piece of music, which uh, doesn't directly relate, but it's definitely part of the Montreal community. And it's a collaboration of a friend of mine who plays harp named Sarah Paget. This is a collaboration with another harp player named Robin Best, and the piece is called Noonday Bells. This was at a concert at Salarosa organized by the Howell Arts Collective, and it's a really beautiful uh, piece of music, inspiring, and just something to try to uh, support, <laughs> something beautiful. Sarah Paget and Robin Best with their piece, the collaboration, uh, Noonday Bells. Um, Sarah Paget has released a solo album, uh, so I'd really encourage you to check it out. Uh, it's out of Backwards Music, which is based in Halifax. Uh, look it up. Sarah's an amazing musician and plays with a lot of different ensembles in Montreal, including the Land of Kush, and she also played with the Bar Brothers and just an awesome human and amazing musician. So today on Free City Radio, I'm really trying to highlight and point to the experiences of frontline workers in the city. Uh, we heard from um, a few, uh, we heard from a few, we heard from a few workers at grocery stores, uh, well one bakery, Vaso, at the Piccadilly Bakery and Park Extension, and also Soraya at the at uh, at El Kher, at uh, at Boucherie El Kher on Jean Talon. Um, so I wanted to continue with this, continue with this um, attempt to share the experiences of workers in the city at this time. And next, um, I want to highlight the voices of. 
And next, I wanted to highlight the voices of three Domino's delivery uh, workers. I visited the Domino's Pizza on Saint Hubert, and I spoke with uh, three workers about their experiences um, during this time, what it's been like, um, and how they're feeling about it. All three are international students, so also it was interesting to speak with them about living this crisis between two places. So. Uh, living in Montreal, working in Montreal during the crisis, delivering food uh, to people who don't want to leave their homes, respect to that. But of course, also speaking with their families and uh, feeling and following very closely how the pandemic has been transpiring in India specifically. And I thought it's really interesting to think about the ways that different diaspora communities are experiencing COVID-19 in Montreal and also, of course, in any city around the world. So these are some exchanges I had at the Domino's Pizza on Saint Hubert. I'm here at uh, Domino's on Saint Hubert about um, 9.30 and there's a lot of delivery men uh, who are working hard to bring food to people's homes. This is in the context of COVID-19, so there's quite a bit of danger uh, to work in, with the public for anybody, including delivery people. So um, I'm with one delivery man. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. You? Good, brother. Thanks for speaking to me. So um, maybe if you could share with us uh, your name and how you're feeling about your work. Yeah, my name is uh, Chintan Patel and I'm uh, working here about like seven or eight months and it's a very normal situation for me. Yeah. Like uh, just different is uh, people now keep the distance from us Yeah. because of their safety and sure. for us. And uh, we got too many new customers, like yeah. uh, they don't want to go out, they, they prefer to take delivery take yeah. their stuff at the home sure and uh, they maintain the distance they avoid to use the cash yeah. they use the use the machine yeah and uh, we have a mask and oh, okay. you wear a mask. You wear a mask. yes yeah. we have masks we have a gloves we have a sanitized system as you can be yeah so we're seeing we, here you're cleaning all the delivery bags when they uh, come yes back. we clean Every run after we clean each and every bags, the machine, our hands, in the cars, yeah. the buttons and everything, we we clean it in each and every deliveries. Yeah. Wow, wow. So it's totally, it's sort of similar, but there's many different things you have there, to do. There now. are many yeah. different things. Yeah. In what on the other side, it's a totally different than before. Like before Corona, and here it's totally different. And on the other side, it's quite similar. Like the difference is. Yeah. They stay away. Yeah. They keep, they maintain the distance. Yeah. When and, you go uh, to somebody's door. Yeah. And they yeah. treat us very nicely. Oh, they do. Yeah. They they appreciate our work. Oh wow. Very nicely. We got a good tip. Yeah. Good. And uh, it's very. That's good. Yeah. Well, I guess because you're seeing a lot of different people, but I guess like um, when people think about the coronavirus or the situation, they often think about, say, for example, nurses, which are doing such important work, but also people in the city are delivering food, they're driving buses, a lot of things, when a lot of people are staying home, there's a lot of people who are out working, right? So why is it important to think about all the different types of workers, like delivery people, like yourself? Why is it important for people to also think about them? Like, I... 
according to me it's not only the money that it's out dancer out there and we work for the money it's like uh, we we do our part you know yeah. in the society we do our part that we deliver food and people stay home yeah to stop the spread of the virus sure. you know so i feel very lucky yeah. to work as a delivery driver in that time yeah. because i am keeping some people at the stair at the one point yeah. like i am yeah. i'm doing my duty sure. as a delivery driver i am delivering sure. food yeah. and they stay home yeah. and I'm doing my part in the stop spreading the virus, you know? Well, we're here in Montreal, and um, I'm sure that you're living this situation here, but you're also living it there, because uh, you're from India, and your family's there. So so I I bet you're following the situation two places at once. How does that feel? It's it's feel very tensed, because I'm too much worried about my family there, because, you know, the population in India is uh, huge, and the people there, they are not aware about the how to sanitize themselves because it's a different in here and there, you know. The, in different the people, society. yeah, the people is not aware about these things. So I'm very concerned that the virus is gonna spread very fast in Canada here. So I'm very concerned about my family. I talk with them in like five or six times in a day, wow, wow. and respect, respect, respect. I tell them like stay home stay safe <laughs> and everything that's good so you're we're here it's evening we're at Domino's and I want to thank you for speaking tonight right, thank you you're welcome thank you brother. thank you brother. okay so uh, yeah as we were talking about um, right now in the city most places are closed many restaurants are closed uh, but there are some services that are still working transport you know buses some taxis Uber um but of course, hospital staff, very, very important. Uh, but you're a food delivery worker here at Domino's, around St. Hubert. Um, maybe first, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Sahil, and I'm an uh, international, stu- international student here. Respect. And I'm studying the uh, mobile application development program in CZEP College. Mm-hmm. So nice. my school is closed now until <laughs> May, <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. So uh, how's, it, how's it been going for you? You're working here. Um, you know, it's uh, evening now, and yeah. it seems very busy. How's your experience been like? How have people been responding to you when you're doing food deliveries? Every everyone has a different uh, thinking to interact with the delivery guy. Yeah. Some are very generous. Some are yeah. very push away. Sure. Yeah. Because they fear fear in mind. We also have a fear in our mind, but we taking precautions like we do sanitation every delivery. Mm-hmm. We see that mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, quite. It's, uh, it's quite fitting, but we're taking step up distance like six feet from the, okay. the customer. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. If he wants to let me in, then we go, then we deny if we don't do yeah. yeah. So, for you, like going out there and seeing all different people at this time, like when most they're telling everybody to stay at home, yeah. but you're still working, how do you feel about that? I don't know what kind of feeling is that. Yeah, what feeling because, is it? I just told uh, I just have to work. Yeah. Because uh, I have some needs to do fulfill. Yeah. But because without money, I can't fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, governments are also helping us to providing some financial assistance. Okay. You know that, yeah. But I'm not eligible for that, so I have to work. Yeah. 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 
best because uh, you're an international student. Yeah, yeah. I'm you don't good. you don't get this no, any support. No, no, I don't get that. Wow. So I have to work. So wow. That's the reason I'm working. Well, I guess that's important to underline. So international students don't get financial help. Yeah. Okay. And in Montreal, there's thousands and thousands. Thousands and thousands. Yeah. 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 And more are coming in a next intake. They're allowed to the students to come in the. If they have visas. Yeah, if they have visas, they're allowed to come. But then there's no government support. No, till not now. Um. So, um, right now the city's pretty empty. You're driving around. You're bringing the food. It's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy driving. Like it's like. I never see Montreal ever before like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In in a daytime and even in the evening time, like it's always like in the midnight. I work like till closing. I close yeah. this show. So uh, I see like traffic in the in the night, but I is able to see this like of traffic in the daytime. No one is out. It's like a ghost town. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you're sort of experiencing this crisis in two places. You're living in Montreal. Your family is in South Asia, uh, yeah. in India. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so how how does that feel? Like your family is very far away. You're here. I mean, I know that in India. Modi has asked people to stay inside, but yeah. you know there's a, it's 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 happened only in the last few days. So how do you feel about what's happening? Yeah, I'm also fearing about my father. They are old. Yeah. They are more vulnerable. Yeah. They can get affected easily by coronavirus, and they also thinking about me because I'm far far away. Sure. Yeah. They call me two times in a day, night, evening. They call the message. Nice. Yeah. So you're able to keep in touch with yeah, them. Yeah. But it's hard to be far away. Yeah, it's hard to be far away. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it feels like mom, dad should be here with me right now. <laughs> it's like, sometimes like I feel like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But it, so yeah, so for people who are far away for the, from their families, also uh, everybody, a lot of people are staying with their family right now, but some people are, you know, far away, international students like yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. So that was some audio I recorded on Saint-Hubert Street in Montreal at the Domino's Pizza. Those are three delivery workers sharing their reflections and experiences on working during this time of pandemic globally, but also in the context of pretty serious changes to the society and economy that have happened also here in, in Canada. So essentially what this program is really about is to try to highlight the ways that people who are still working during COVID-19 feel about what's been happening, but also to highlight voices of people on the front lines, but not necessarily medical front lines or institutional front lines, but the working front lines. And of course, this is not in any way to under-recognize the, the incredible bravery and work that medical workers are undertaking right now so much respect and love for what people are doing in the healthcare within hospitals within clinics right now to save people's lives and to support people and families also support families in grieving because so many people are in fact dying so endless respect and love for the medical workers the program today was an attempt to highlight other workers um, and um, and point to the experiences of different types of people in this context. So I also spoke with a friend of mine who drives a taxi, uh, Tofik, 
um, who goes by Tito, and uh, he talks about what it's been like to actually not work during this time. And he also offers some critiques on the lack of support that taxi drivers have received because there has been calls for taxi drivers to take patients to be tested for COVID-19. And this has come from different taxi companies. And there hasn't been any sort of uh, cut down from the administration of the city to try to address what's happening in this regard. Um, and I think that's really important to think about because obviously a taxi is a very enclosed space and um, it's not safe in terms of the context of transmission. Uh, as I mentioned, my friend Tito has not been working, right? So it's been a few weeks now where he has not been working, but some taxi drivers are. And I thought it would be interesting to hear his perspective and experience in regards to what it's been like at this time as a taxi driver in this changing context. So, yeah, I mean, just to underline, like, this has affected a lot of people, including the taxi industry. And uh, you have me working for almost two weeks. Yeah, almost two weeks. Wow. Wow. Um, no, because our job, mm -hmm. it depends like on employees. And yeah. when all the companies, all the services are closed, even if you're allowed to work, mm -hmm. you would go and there is no one. So, yeah, yeah. So actually, it, it doesn't work. And the other thing, it's like uh, the transportation itself. Sure, you never sure, sure. know how it's going to be. Like, uh, you could get anyone with the virus and you could spread it, even if you, you're not scared about yeah, getting sure. the virus. So for you yourself, like, you've chosen to not drive at this time? Uh, not exactly, because... Uh, Your company shut down? No, no, it's not shut down. Now, like, the owner told us you could stay two weeks with no work. The owner of the car, because I'm renting, they go, like, you could stay for two weeks okay. to see what's going to happen. And this is what we did, because honestly... So you chose for two weeks to wait and see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll going to watch and see. But I told you the idea, it's a matter that you feel that you're responsible for people. Yeah. As a driver. What? Yeah, man, because mostly older people yeah like if i got someone who had the virus for me okay maybe the symptoms i'm gonna get or it's not gonna be like a life danger for me yeah. or whatever yeah but what if sure you feel kind of responsible if yeah you you're helping someone old who get it, it from your it. cab yeah so this is why honestly we don't know exactly what i should do but i don't think we should be operating that way yeah, so as a taxi driver, you've you've decided that it's not safe right now. No, no, it's not yeah. safe. So it's, if it's as I told you, it's not something personal or. Yeah, I got it. For me, I think for people, yeah, it's not safe because I had some customers, they had like certain age, like they're old. Yeah, I don't want to get them. Yeah, because I remember you had worked before in Transport Adapte. Yeah. Yeah, where you would actually be trying to service like different people in Montreal who have uh, issues with ability uh, who are very ill yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but now with the virus anyways all what we know about virus from the news from the media yeah we know that older people are more affected yeah and they have a danger on their life more than younger people yeah yeah so I mean these people yeah you would feel guilty yeah, like yeah. Uh, I got it yeah. Yeah, yeah so you would feel responsible that I don't want to be the one sure, sure. 
who's uh, yeah yeah because as a driver you're interacting with the public all the time usually yeah and yeah. Uh, and this is the part i think uh, the government should take care of like they could have special cars for people who who's going to get their test or whatever they could have like special you don't need a ton of cars but i mean in yeah. every city you would have your cars specially for these people yeah there needs to be a plan for that yeah, yeah. so there you should have like special cars like but the public transportation i don't think is going to help in uh, got it limiting the number of people got it got it thanks tito you're welcome thank you so that was a friend of mine tito who drives a taxi in montreal speaking about what it's been like for taxi drivers at this moment and i think highlights some very important points in terms of the potential safety risks that some taxi drivers are facing when uh, companies are asking them to transport people who potentially are uh, needing testing for COVID-19. There's obviously no safety protocols for taxis. Uh, even just with ambulances, there's such a process of disinfecting and cleaning that happens. So I think it's important to consider this voice also. So you are tuned into Free City Radio. This is the second time I do a podcast format. Um, I'm your host, Stefan Christoph. A lot of the people that you've heard, I knew them before what's happened. And, you know, of course, this is through, you know, basic community connection, but also through a lot of activism, uh, different connections around struggles for immigration justice, uh, struggles for status against deportations. Also, some of the voices have been very involved and vocal uh, in opposing Law 21 in Quebec. That's a law that was brought in by the current government of Quebec under Francois Legault as premier. Uh, that's through the government of the CAC, which is a Coalition Avenir de Québec. Uh, and they've imposed this, this legislation, which basically tries to define what people can and cannot wear who work in different public se sector jobs. I mean, some people listening will know about this, but for people who don't, it's basically legislation that targets the rights of communities to choose what they should wear or shouldn't wear. Um, of course, this has particular implications for the Muslim community, also for the Sikh community. Um, and this means that teachers and different professionals um, working for the government won't be able to wear, say, turban or hijab or even a kippah. So it's a really important battle and this is not over. There's a huge community mobilization that's been happening against Law 21. And I think it's been really impressive, but it's also important to remember in the context of this crisis, this health crisis around COVID-19, that when we look at the statements of the government, let us remember that this is also the same government here in Quebec, at least, that has pushed forward Law 21, which is a discriminatory law. It's a racist law. It's one that's unacceptable. So I think whatever the government's doing, it's important to always take their words with caution and also remember the actions that the government has taken that are unjust, like Law 21. So I just wanted to mention that. Also on the show, I wanted to highlight a piece of music by my friend uh, Nick Schofield, uh, who has released one track from his upcoming solo uh, album, which will also be released from Backwards Music out of Halifax. This is a beautiful track. I really. Uh, was feeling this the other night listening to it um, 
especially in this moment, it really helped me with some perspective. That was a piece by Nick Schofield from his upcoming uh, second solo album that will be out through Backwards Music in Halifax. So thank you, Nick, for that beautiful piece. So finally tonight, I wanted to share a discussion that I recorded while postering on the streets. I was with my friend Aaron, um, who is a community activist and an academic. He edits a journal called Uneven Earth. I'd really encourage you to check it out. Um, and uh, we were out postering this poster for Five Demands. Um, this is a poster that highlights uh, very important demands that social movements are expressing uh, around uh, social justice, economic justice in this time. So in our exchange, you'll hear about these demands, but I just wanted to highlight that there is efforts going on at this time that are outside of the framework of the state to express um, a framework of survival with justice and dignity um, in this time. Because remember, although the state is initiating support for workers and people who have lost their jobs, it is still within a framework that ends up benefiting a lot of the large players in society. For example, if we think about the announcement by the Trudeau government to give $2,000 a month, if you think about cities like Vancouver and Toronto, if people have lost their income, 
this is in fact going to see a lot of that cash going to property owners, going to landlords. So I think it's important to think critically about the measures that are being taken and also to think about what social movements uh, should and could be articulating. And this is of course happening through the context of a lot of existing mutual aid networks and community support that is happening outside of the state. So people um, organizing food deliveries or what I talked about at the beginning of the show, the volunteer base for people doing frontline service for homeless people, people arranging daycare, people arranging childcare. Um, there's a lot of initiatives taking place to support each other that I think need to be celebrated because without those, whatever response from the government that's happening would fall flat because it's really at that grassroots level where people support each other that I think does play a central role in sustaining society in a difficult moment like this. So this was a discussion with Aaron that we had while we were out postering. Okay, so we're in Park Extension and we're putting up posters, um, which are community outreach posters for the context of COVID-19. Hey. Hi, this is Aaron. So how are you feeling about everything? Uh, feeling all right. It's, it's spring. I think it's the third day of spring officially. Yeah. And that feels good. What's this poster we're putting up? So we're putting up two posters. Um, one is of five demands. Um, COVID-19 emergency measures. Um, the five being universal access to health care, no work, no rent, no evictions, no debt, free the prisoners, and homes for all. Wow, so those are huge demands. I mean, they're detailed a bit. I mean, I remember seeing the Free the Prisoners one where it actually highlights specifically people in immigration detention. Yes. Yeah. So could you, could you just detail for us a little bit more about each demand and why you feel maybe like each one's important to think about right now? Well, I think the crisis we have is for sure... Um, clearly a healthcare crisis but it's it's a crisis of labor it's a crisis of debt um because people can't pay the debts that they've incurred yeah it's a crisis of production um because people can't go to work and you know the systems that normally work can't happen but it's also a crisis of borders and of cr the criminal system because prisons are woefully you know, inadequate in offering health care and border systems, um, you know, also put people in concentration camps. So, yeah, like the detention centers at the U.S.-Mexico border. Yeah. Yeah. So I do feel it's a, a crisis of many proportions for many people. Um, that the, the governments are responding, but not exactly, I mean, in here in Canada, in the way that it's outlined there. Why do you feel it's important to highlight these particular demands here in Canada? Um, because in, in Canada, the government's response is primarily to protect uh, existing capital, to keep functioning. Yeah. Um, Could you detail what you mean by that? Well, so... It, mostly um, people are protected who, well, not people, but um, companies are, are protected um, 
and um, though though the Canadian government has extended unemployment insurance to a lot of people, its main goal is to make sure that uh, corporate welfare remains stable. Um, the argument being that that's good for the economy. Yeah. But for most people... Well, yeah. well, a, a lot of people are losing their jobs, so it is a huge labor crisis, for sure. Um, but, um, but that, but the problem is that it's it's the 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 problem isn't that people are. Well, the the main problem is that we are in an economic system where that's the case, where we can't respond to something like this, yeah. a crisis, a pandemic. Um, adequately to, to keep people safe um, and so well what's coming out in the US right now is people have this whole uh, debate that they're actually having is should we protect the economy or should we save lives yeah I mean this is really going to come forward I think like the Brazilian yeah. president Bolsonaro has really said pretty clearly like at this point or at least yeah. yesterday that he won't, doesn't care yeah yeah, and and uh, so we that's that's the challenge now is, is 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 to make people realize that the the economy which is 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 a fabrication of you know stock exchanges which actually runs parallel to the economy of people's daily lives and um, yeah. it. People don't have any democratic input. No, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, relationship. But yeah. So why put up the poster? Why is? Um, because. Well, it because at times like these, alternatives have to be brought forward. Yeah. Um, because people at times like these start questioning why why a system wouldn't protect us in that but it does protect um wall street brokers Got it. that was recorded in park extension in montreal we were out postering i was with aaron to um basically put forward this poster that you heard about um i'd really encourage you to check out aaron's um efforts on a project called uneven earth just search it online it's a really a great project that visits topics of um, liberation, ecology, climate justice. Check it out. So thanks for tuning in to this uh, second edition of the Free City Radio podcast. I'm trying this out. I wanted to do a big shout out to my friend Justin Doucette, uh, who lent me the recorder I'm speaking into right now. So thank you, Justin, from all my heart for lending that to me. And it's really exciting to try Um, recording at home with this really good Zoom uh, recorder. So thank you so much. Um, And it's been a pleasure to share these voices with you on Free City Radio. Um, If you're listening online anywhere, I'd really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with people, send them the link. And also if you are listening, I think most podcasts say this, so I will. Please rate this on iTunes. If you like it, you know, please... um, give it a good rating. I think it's a five-star rating and subscribe. Also send to friends. Um, I've been doing radio for a long time 
and it's been a long time coming that I turned my radio efforts into a podcast. So I want to thank also my friends at Trafe Podcast, who really, I think, I could describe it as provided a lot of moral encouragement for me to make this jump. So thank you uh, to Sam and David from Trafe Podcast also. It's really been a pleasure being with you today. Um, I wanted to end the um, broadcast today with uh, another band that I heard at Casa del Popolo. They were visiting Montreal from DC, relocated lately, but they're great. They're called Tacit Turn. This is from a tape that they put out called Punk Death. And um, yeah, check them out, Tacit Turn. So shout out to you. Thanks for being here. Um, Free City Radio's on the different uh, platforms. You can find it on Facebook, Free City Radio. Um, I'm Stefan Kristoff. I'm at Twitter, at Spirodon. That's my middle name, Spiro, S-P-I-R-O-D-O-N. And thank you so much for listening. You can email me at S-T-E-F-A-N dot C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F-F at gmail.com. This is Free City Radio. Again, um, Please give us a good rating, tell your friends, subscribe. Thank you again to everybody who's been part of this program and uh, see you again soon. Mm-hmm.